0: Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase. An ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at UASPR.org. This episode is titled, Ascension Science Mind and Heart Synthesis Needed for Spiritualution of the Problems of Urantia. Here is Neon Emerson Chase. I am going to just
1: basically talk about how spiritualution has been a part of my life, my whole life. I want to start with just the last few days, and we've been talking about birthdays, and uh, I feel like every day is a birthday for me because I feel like I'm always being born, and that uh, basically birthing my higher self within my own personality circuitry. It's interesting because the last few days, a lot of things have been coming up, and I'm, I'm more emotional than usual. uh, When I get emotional, I'm very, very intense in my emotions, and many situations have come up that have challenged me. They challenge my ideas of how things should be done, how others should be doing something, and so my agenda, often I found my personal agenda, has been pitted against other people's agendas and even God's agenda. Most people aren't even realizing that I'm processing this or going through this because it's happening inside and I'm not acting it out the way uh, I could. But I haven't always responded in the highest way in some of these difficult situations. And I've been short and impatient, especially with my children. These emotions that I'm struggling with, and I'm sure that all of you as emotional beings can relate that at times, sometimes we're more emotional than other times, and that often these emotions puzzle us, and they can torment us. And you wish sometimes you could turn them off, and they're still there. And I tend to be a person who wants to then try to figure out intellectually why I'm having those emotions and often I can do a pretty good job because we do have this revelation and also realizing that for some of us starseed who are older we have layers and layers of things that are beginning to come up and we are in this time where we're getting squeezed and so there's a lot of emotions that'll be coming up that maybe we've never really they're coming up because it's a healing process, it's a clarification process, maybe from another life, or whatever it is, In this every situation and every human being that it comes our way that we find to be challenging, you can bet that it's a lesson that God has put before us. And so rather than grumbling and mumbling and complaining about that situation, we definitely should embrace that situation as a lesson and look very carefully and closely at ourselves. And why is that situation there for us? You know, though, in spite of all these inner struggles, and I've shared this one with you before, I continue to feel this tremendous gratitude to the Universal Father of all and, and to Christ Michael. And I feel a gratitude to all those people who are in some way helping me to see some of those things about myself that God wants me to see. Many of those people not, are not even aware that they are being used by God as a tool to help me see some things about myself on this path of discovery that I'm on. Yesterday, during the rehearsal with Gabriel and the Bright Morning Star Band, when they were singing the birthday song, and, and you only heard a little portion of it today when we sing that to, to the people of their birthdays, But um, I hadn't heard the the birthday song in its entirety for a while and there was a verse that caught my attention and the verse spoke to my heart very strongly and also to my mind in my uh, current and past experiences on this path of discovery. And I want to share that verse with you. I'm not singing it, maybe Gabriel could, but it'd be serious stuff if I tried to sing it. It sounds so much better when it's sung, but sometimes truth has to be a sword that cuts deep straight to the core, throw out the bag of judgment's lore, so self-assured on rebellion's shore, blind, but I'm beside you. And, of course, the I'm beside you represents, first and foremost, Christ Michael and then those people in my life who love me and, of course, our unseen and wonderful spirit personalities that are around us. Throughout my life, I have consciously been on a path of discovery, and I started that as as a, a young child, discovering who and what God is. Discovering who I am, discovering how the world works, discovering how God works in this confused and strife-torn and messy, messy world but yet such a beautiful world too. Discovering how God touches individuals and how God uses individuals to touch others and I'm still discovering that. It's still unfolding for me and I feel like a little kid just like I did when I was about five years old and began to really, really look into this. But as I have unfolded and grown throughout these many years, my mind has expanded, still continues to expand, and sometimes I feel like I have this great, big, wonderful mind, and sometimes I think it's about the size of a a little sesame seed. You know, and and, uh, sometimes I feel so adequate and. Other times I feel so inadequate. Welcome to the human condition. As I study philosophy and theology and um, politics and otherworldly knowledge and spiritual truths from many many sources, I do grow and I, I feel that fullness and richness that can happen. My heart also continues to expand in this walk, and what excites me is that sometimes I feel like that adult, but what's even more exciting is when you feel like you're a little kid and every day is a brand new day to discover. I've just never really gotten weary of the world and of life. I'm, I'm so grateful to that. To me that's the greatest gift that God has ever given me. I may for a moment or half an hour feel really weary, but I'm just taken out of it so so quickly and I think that's the, the gift that God wants all of us to experience at time. That we are children. We are His children. And that we are just beginning to discover the great universe. That universe is, of course, as we we're studying the Urantia Book. It's huge, you know. It's the cosmology of the Master Universe, and it's all the beings, and it's the beauty of the order of divine administration. And yet, it's also very small because it's within inside us. And I look at each individual now as a universe in themselves, and there's so much to discover about each individual. And as I realize that, I I realize that because I'm realizing it about myself. And Jesus, as I pointed out to you last Sunday, Jesus emphasizes how important self-respect is in people and that we, in our relating to other human beings, should always, always try to aid that person in moving into their self-respect. In that self-respect, is realizing the depth and the many, many layers that we have. It's one thing to read and get intellectually excited about spiritual truths and and other knowledge. It's another thing, though, to actually experience it in your own life, inwardly, as well as in relating to each other as we are doing day to day so we're studying this together we are each of us experiencing as an individual a spiritual illusion but then as a group as a family we are experiencing that spiritual illusion and then we are attempting to reach out and hopefully we want the world to experience it, but it'll be a ripple effect going out. In that discovery that I've been going through of my imperfections and shortcomings, which seem to me are very glaring, at the same time I'm also discovering my strengths and my beauty. They happen at the same time. And in my self-evaluation before God and with God, I am discovering many, many manifestations of God within me. That feeling of having a full heart and a full mind is quite wonderful, but it's never completely full, and that's even more wonderful. Because then we always carry that need to learn and to grow. My childhood was spent on four different Native American reservations. My family, Caucasian and Christian, and they lived their Christian ideals. I grew up in a home where God was part of our daily vocabulary. Jesus Christ was part of our vocabulary. Prayer was part of it. It wasn't rote prayers, it was conversation. It was sitting down and just talking with God. And so that was a very real part of my spiritual experience. But I also had the blessings at the same time in growing up in a culture that was not Christian. They had their own spirituality. The Apaches have one kind, the Tohono Odom had another. My parents encouraged me to learn about the people that I was, we were living with, their spirituality and their religion, and to take part in any of their ceremonies and situations that were open to us. So I grew up loving not only Christianity, but loving Native American spirituality. It was a very real part of me. And as I um, grew older, especially when I went away to college, I began to branch out and study many other philosophies and theologies. But always, always, it wasn't just a head thing. It was a heart thing for me. And because I believe that I have probably been in past lives, I have probably been every religion there is to be and every race there is to be and lived on almost every part of the planet and been very wealthy and very poor and had much power and very little power that I could relate to all of these experiences and these religions. They seemed so much a part of me as if I'd already experienced them. So I was already tapping into my starseed reality. Though I couldn't use, I didn't use that language. But it was always in my understanding that I had many other lives. And it was always in my understanding that I had been an Apache before when I lived with them. In fact, many of my Apache friends used to tell me, you're more of an Apache than we are. You understand our uh, religion more than we do. And I had one of my best friends at one time was a Hopi. In fact, she was a, a, a niece of White Bear Fredericks. For any of you who know White Bear, she used to tell me all the time, "You'd make a great Hopi. You know, <laughs> you're, you'd make a you're a better Hopi than me." And 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 it's because I, I feel like I, I probably have been a Hopi before. So that spiritual Lucian, Gabriel, read the definition to you. How it's a synthesis, and a fusion of the indigenous people's heart experiences and their religions that come from the heart and some of the more mindal religions that come more from the mind that it's a fusion and synthesis of that and that is why I feel like I have been going through a personal spiritual spiritualution because there has been that fusion and that synthesis. Also Part of what I've carried throughout my whole life is that sense of mission. That God wanted me to do something. And uh, it was going to be something other than just getting married and having kids. And that He would let me know when it was time. But it was a very strong thing within me. And that's also been unfolding. I've had different ideas throughout my life of what that mission might be. I told you one time I thought I was going to become this nurse and go join Albert Schweitzer in Africa. When I read about him, I just thought he was the most wonderful person. And then a few years later, I realized that it wasn't the medical field and I would make a terrible nurse and that it had to be. It was something else. And so I went through these different processes. Throughout all of this, I have felt the admonitions of God God. And this week I've been studying in the Urantia book Jesus' farewell personal admonitions to his 12 apostles on pages 1955 to 1962. Each admonition to each of those men is very, very beautiful, very personal, and yet very universal and addresses what each apostle needed to hear at that moment in time and space. I could relate to those admonitions because I thought for each apostle that he spoke to, he could, he was speaking directly to me. And in those admonitions I noticed and I myself have experienced that there is encouragement and nurturance. That's part of the admonition. I looked up in Webster's dictionary what admonition meant because I used to think it meant just, you know. And I kept, when I'd look at these admonitions that Jesus gave to his apostles, it was much more than just that. It had some of that in it too, but it was done with compassion and with humor. Anyway, the dictionary defines admonition as gentle or friendly reproof counsel or warning against fault or oversight. And I think the secret is it's gentle and it's friendly. My experiences with God's admonitions have been, they've always been friendly. And even when they've been very, very strong and in what we call the Father circuits, I feel like they've been very friendly and gentle. And I have felt the love of the Father in them. Even when at first I might have an attitude or get angry or resentful, even in that I would feel that love. And I first started feeling that as a child when my father, my human father, would come after me about certain things. I never doubted that he loved me. And he was the first personality representation of a loving father and of God the Father. Throughout my life, I've realized that admonitions, they come in many faces and many designs. Sometimes they're very loud and blaring, and sometimes they're very quiet. You have to work real hard to hear them and discover them. But for me, they're one of the best gifts that I can receive because with them comes realization, enlightenment healing and growth. And in this healing process that you're experiencing, I think for all of you who have felt like you've had some form of healing, remember Gabriel pointed out that healing happens on several levels, the spiritual, the mind, the emotional, and the physical, that before that healing could happen, you had to respond to some kind of admonition. That came from God in some design or through some face. As I reflected on Jesus' admonitions to his apostles, I saw that in each one of them, there's words of praise, encouragement, comfort, clarification, information, warning, and counsel. In one short communication, Jesus was able to give to each apostle the ministry that each one needed. He pointed out each man's strong points, his frailties, and his potentialities. He warned about the consequences of erroneous ways and gave each person a vision of their future if they chose God's will. Jesus was presenting the possibilities of a personal and worldwide spiritual illusion, 2,000 years ago when he taught his apostles and his disciples the many new concepts that fused their life experiences and their religious beliefs and most of his disciples were uh, at, in those early days were Jewish. All of his apostles were Jewish and he had to take all of that and fuse it with new information about reality on this world and on other worlds. And that's what a spiritual illusion is all about. We are called to continue that spiritual illusion that actually started with the fourth epical revelation, Jesus. We need to first begin in our own personal ascension, and then it reaches out in service to others. It starts in our hearts when we open ourselves to the love and the beauty of the universal Father. And He shows Himself in so many ways, and He often shows Himself in a feminine personality as the mother. We have the great gift of Jesus and how He lived His life, and that goes beyond gender when you can look at the beautiful life of Jesus as it reflects how He responded to every human being that came His way. He responded as God responds to each of us individuals. Looking at that life of Jesus is the most powerful reflection of the Father's love that we can have. I want to close with excerpts from a prayer. It's called Our Father's Prayer. And I want you to close your eyes and open, especially your hearts and your minds. And as you hear these words, think of this as the Father speaking to you personally. I am here in the midst of you. Trust me. Listen for my voice. Be still and know that I, here in the midst of you, am God. You need not fight. You need not struggle. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, by the I that is within you. Relax, sit back, be quiet. In quietness and in confidence, everything will be revealed to you in its time. In my presence, there is fulfillment. Where my presence is, there is peace, there is safety and security and harmony i am the resurrection and reconstruction of your body i am the resurrection of your home the resurrection of your fortune and your fame i am the resurrection of anything you have ever lost. I am the resurrection, and I am the life. I am within you, closer to you than breathing, and nearer than hands and feet. Thank you.
0: Vanetics. With Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, an ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at UASPR.org.